1: When we come only seeking to benefit from the presence of God, we miss the act of worship. Because worship, again, is for the benefit of God. And the true sign of worship is the desire in us to pursue God by obeying His will, obeying His commandment, obeying His word. You might be thinking, this is Christianity 101, Pastor. This is basic Christianity. It is. It's foundational to our understanding of Christianity. And why, again, why is it important for us to keep going back, especially at communion, to these foundational things of the faith? Because if you have a messed up foundation in your life, it doesn't matter, I mean, if you have a messed up foundation in your house, it doesn't matter how beautiful your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room, or everything else in your house looks. If the foundation is rotten, that house is going to crumble. The same thing with our relationship with God. We need to take our desire for God to a place of true worship. And true worship takes place when the Holy Spirit compels us to obey the will and the word of Christ. I want you to read Psalm 119 in your spare time. Especially meditate on verse 14. We should read the whole thing, Psalm 119. But for our sermon this morning, we'll concentrate on verse 14. Look at what it says. It says, I rejoice in following your statutes. As one rejoices in great riches. Have you ever said to God, God, I'm happy because I get to obey your commandments. How many times have we said that to the Lord? God, I'm just so glad I can obey you. Because when I get to obey you, you get to fulfill my life. How many times have we sang songs about obeying God's commands? Not a whole lot of songs. That's why we need to go back to the hymns, amen? I mean, modernize the hymns. I mean, I don't want to start singing in the church like a bunch of old people from ancient times. But we need to go back to those hymns because those, those hymn writers understood something very clearly. And that is obeying God's word is the ultimate sign that we are entering the worship of God. So so next time, when when our worship team, you know, some of you can write songs. Write songs about obeying the commandments of the Lord. Because that constitutes loving God. Here's here's another one. Psalm 122 and verse 1. You're going to get a kick out of this. It says, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Are you happy you're in the house of the Lord this morning? I don't see anybody smiling. Rejoice. I rejoice when someone said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. Did you know that coming to the house of the Lord is a commandment of God? And let me say this thing too, and I don't want to offend anybody, okay? Please, you know me me better than that, okay? I don't want to offend anybody. But if you get offended, I apologize. Already, okay? I'm going to say it very softly. Church is for God's people. I don't expect pagans to come. I don't expect the heathen to come. Church is for God's people. It shows that we have a desire to worship God. It shows that we have a desire to discover the will of God. 99.9% of the will of God is in the Word of God. That 1% is none of our business. God has given us everything so we can worship Him He has given us the Word, His Bible. He has given us the church. He has given us salvation. He has given us the Holy Spirit. There's no table unturned by God when it comes to us coming to Him in worship. Obedience to the Word of God is a mandate only to believers. So if you're finding yourself at a loss, As to whether you ought to be in the house of worship, there's a deeper problem. There's a desire for God, but that desire has not translated into obeying God. I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want you to look at somebody and tell that person, the sermon is long, the sermon is boring, but I'm glad you're here. Come on, come on, come on. I got people telling you all the time, I don't want to come to church because every time you preach, man, it seems like you're trying to put me down. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. If, 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 if you're feeling guilty this morning, there's a deeper problem, amen? Church is for the... People of God, and I'm not saying that because I want disputes filled. Okay, I, I want I want Christians coming to worship God. How you know it doesn't really matter. You know if you have a church close to your house, you know worship there because it's a commandment by the Lord. It's an act of worship. Now, this desire versus obedience is is found in scriptures no more clearly illustrated than in Samuel chapter 15. I'm not going to have you turn there. I'm just going to tell you the story to illustrate this whole thing. Okay, In 1 Samuel chapter 15, God explicitly commanded King Saul to go and destroy the cities of the Amalekites. God said through His prophet Samuel, to speak to King Saul and say, go to the cities of the Amalekites and completely destroy them. Do not spare anybody. Kill including the animals. And look at what happens in verse 21 of Samuel, 1 Samuel 15. This is what happened. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder. The best of what of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God at Gilgal. Here's what's going on in here. God said to to Saul, kill everybody, including the animals. Did he do it? No. His soldiers took the very best of the animals and brought them with them. For what purpose? For worshiping God. Isn't that a noble purpose? To offer sacrifices to the Lord, God commanded them to offer sacrifices, but he also commanded them to destroy everything. Now, here's what happened: Samuel showed up and asked Saul, Saul, did you obey the word of the Lord? And Samuel said, and Saul says, Yes. You know, he was hearing all of these cows, this mooing and bleeding. And what are these things that I'm hearing? And here's what uh, what Saul said. He said, Well, I thought the Lord would be happy when we gather the very best of the land and offer it to God, sacrificially to worship God. And here's what Saul said, Samuel rather said to Saul. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as much as, is, as is he delights in obeying the voice of the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you as king obedience is better than sacrifice. What was the problem that King Saul had? He had a desire for God. He had a desire to worship God. He had a desire to honor God. But he simply couldn't bring his desire to a point of obeying God's word. And we struggle so much with that. That's why we need the Spirit of God to bring the conviction. That we need. The Spirit of God is not going to condemn us. He's going to convict us about these things. I'm sad to see that the church at large. Have abandoned the scriptures. You know there are, there are so quote unquote progressive Christian churches that are coming up. There's a lot of them now. I was shocked. To hear what was being preached. Now I'm not saying I'm a better preacher or a good preacher. I'm not saying that at all. But I do know what scripture teaches. And I hear preachers just saying, We don't really need the Bible to present the gospel to people. We don't really need the word. We need to unhitch ourselves from an ancient document. I tell you what, folks. The Word of God is breathed of God. He superintended the writing of His Word. How in the world are we going to know about God if God didn't reveal to us His Word? Now, this is just a piece of paper with a bunch of writings in it. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible who who revealed to us the Word of God who is Jesus. We cannot divorce ourselves from the scriptures because this is God's way of revealing himself to us so that we can know him accurately. We can worship him accurately. We are never given the freedom by God to approach him according to the dictates of our desires. We're never given in scriptures the freedom, the privilege to worship God according to our own way. God set the ways in which we have to worship Him. And that's revealed to us in scriptures. And Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that we can obey God when He revealed to us His word. That's not a popular thing to say these days. Saul said, I'm doing this for the glory of God. And God says, I don't care how You think you're going to worship me. I will tell you how you will worship me. You know what Jesus said to that Samaritan woman? A day will come when all who will worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. Why is that so important? Because we can desire God all we want. But unless we know His word intimately... And apply it and obey it in our lives. Our worship will like be, you know, the Bible says, will like be a stinking aroma to God. When we come to worship this morning, God is ready to smell that worship. He's smelling something good. Mm, I love that. Is God doing that? Or is he doing something like, what the heck is that? That, that isn't quite right. We will examine our hearts today. As we take communion. We must look to the root of the issue. Listen. God wants us to pursue Him. Not to desire Him. We reject His word through disobedience. And we end up losing hope. We end up losing our optimism for the future. We, we end up getting sucked in with all the political turmoil. That's getting, and we're getting angry. And we're getting all disheveled. Spiritually. Because we want our desire For God to just stay as desire, we need to come and look at the word, obey the word of Christ. Number two, desire for God has multiple motives. Obedience to God has one motivation. In verse 16, Jesus says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Spirit of truth. The Bible says, the world does not accept nor understand. So loved ones, if we reject the word, how in the world can the Holy Spirit convict the world? I mean, think about it for a moment. We want to win people for Jesus, right? Amen? I mean, we want to share the faith. We want people to go to heaven, amen? But how how do we do that? By pampering people, by telling people, you're good, I'm good, everybody's good, it's all good. I mean, that's preaching today. Everybody, everybody's good. You got your best life now. It's not going to change. You're going to have the best life forever. You're not going to get into any trouble and all of that. When we hear these things, and they sound good, and I'm not knocking people who want to rejoice in the promises of God. I believe in the promises of God. But if you want to tell people that they're going to go to heaven, they can't enter heaven without Jesus. And people start getting you know, having some problems with that. Did I tell you that Jesus says the road to eternal life is narrow? Did the Bible say that? But what we want to do is we want to open the door. Everybody come in. Come in. Everybody can come in. Doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Doesn't matter what your lifestyle is. It doesn't matter what you believe. You can come in. We're going to entertain you here at church. We're going to make sure that you hear what you want to hear. But that's not what Jesus says. says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And Jesus says it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Whatever it is that you want that verse to mean, it means this, the door of salvation is open to everybody, but it's a narrow door. Uh, we were in Bethlehem a few years ago, and uh, I was a tourist there, and I acted like one. Right. We went to this church called the Church of the Nativity. And I've shared this public story with you before. And there's this large church, tall, imposing church. And at the front, there's this large door. And a big stairs to enter the door. So what do I do? I'm going to enter the door. It's nice and big and wide. And the gentleman that was standing there says, No, sir, you can't come through here. The entrance is on the side of the church. Went to the side of the church. The line was long. Perfectly wide door. And everybody's lined up to this door. And when I got to the front, the door was, must have been like three foot wide. And four and a half feet tall. Shock me. Unless you're a little person. You have no choice. When you enter to that entrance, you have to bow down to go in. And the guy told me, nobody enters the house of God standing straight. You want to come worship? You bow down. Makes sense. That's what Jesus said. The door is narrow. It's not tall. Only those who will say, this is my life, Jesus, take it. Will bow to the will of God. Will enter his kingdom. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. We obey God because we love God. And we love God because we know Him. There's a divine revelation that comes to each and every one of us the moment we get saved. I didn't know anything about Jesus when I accepted Him into my life. I had a whole lot of religion. I had a whole whole lot of church in my life. But until I surrendered my life to Jesus, did I know what it means To follow Him. And you know what? When I entered into a relationship with my King, He gets to rule me. I don't get to rule inside the Kingdom of God. Jesus is our King. We need to have Him rule. And some of the things that He says to us, our flesh will reject, the world will reject, but those who know Him will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Knowledge of truth. It's the motivation of obedience. The Holy Spirit motivates us to obey God because we know Him and we know how to trust Him. The Bible makes sense because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Jim Cimbala said these words. He said, It is important that the Holy Spirit comes to you and I so that we can, He can live in the inside of us. So when we read or pray or worship, it is the heart That does it. It is where the Holy Spirit dwells. When Jesus was with his disciples, he taught them many things. But as humans, they can only retain so much. But when the Holy Spirit came, the Bible says, but when the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible says he will do three things. Three very important things. Number one, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the truth so that we will not reject it. There's a reason why the Spirit will reveal to us the Word of Christ. For the purpose of us not rejecting the truth. Let me tell you something. You come to a church. You know, we're not much. But if you come here and go and go home without hearing. That hey, the Spirit of God is active. He's actively speaking to you. About who Jesus is and what He has done. The purpose of the Spirit's work in our life is to reveal to us the truth so that we will accept it, not reject it. Number two, the Holy Spirit will remind us of truth. Not just reveal the truth, but will remind us of truth so that we will not relapse into sin. So that we will not be caught up in the world. He will remind us. How many of you, you will forget the word of God when things are going really, really bad? I do. That's why the Holy Spirit comes and He will remind us of the Word of God. How many of you, you will really forget the Word of God when things are going really, really well? I know a pastor who says, you know what, we may be struggling right now, but as soon as I won the lottery, I will make sure that the work of the Lord is done and all of that stuff. He will remind us that He is the truth. And thirdly, He will restore us in truth, so that when we repent, we will be restored. So the Holy Spirit does those three things. He will reveal the truth, so we won't reject it. That applies to unbelievers and believers alike. If you're an unbeliever this morning, and the Spirit of God is saying to you, you need to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus, don't reject it. Reject the preacher, reject the church, but don't reject the truth. He will remind us of who we are. And He will restore us in the truth. What motivated you to worship this morning? What will motivate you to continue worshiping Him after this service today? Is it because it's an expectation that you or your church placed upon you? I hope not. Is it because you want something from God? I certainly hope you believe God enough to bless you when you need blessing or when you need help. Or is it because He reveals Himself to you and I, on a daily basis, to the mundane things of life. We come because God reveals to us Himself through His Word, nearly every time, nearly every day, if we're willing to listen and be sensitive to what God is saying to us. The Holy Spirit gives us a revelation of Jesus in order for us to love Him and obey Him. This is the work of the Spirit of God. Your friends at work, your friends in general, don't have what you have So you have to be different. I have to be different. Jesus says in verse 25, All these things I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Third and final point this morning. Desire can have mixed feelings. Obedience has a fixed focus. Jesus re- replied to the question of Judas. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we, he, we, will, we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. There it is in black and white. Obedience is the key to experiencing God's love. And with God's love, life can truly be experienced. I want you to write this short sentence down. Life is the focus of obedience. A reflection of Christ's resurrection power. A reflection of eternal life. A reflection of abundant life. The Holy Spirit brings our desire for God to a living evidence of strength and power in our life. Jesus never promised the elimination of problems in life. But he promised power to obey God in the midst of our problems. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, not merely for us to desire him, but to obey him. You've been listening
0: to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com